everybody welcome back this is take it to the hizzy fantasy football t-i-t-t-h number 39 i'm your host justin bruni i got nick davis and emron khan with me say what's up guys what's up guys how you doing what's up guys let's take it to the hizzy yep ready to take off today with another really good show uh t-i-t-t-h number 39 highlighting a ton of recent news uh, leonard Fournette, alvin kamara uh man the league is shaking up potentially here uh so let's start off with leonard Fournette. Cut by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Just completely dropped. Uh, no trade uh, looming whatsoever. You know, they've been trying to trade him since March. They say they couldn't get any picks for him. Instant reaction, guys. What are you thinking? Where's he going to go? Man, this has been a spiral down since they lost to any AFC Championship game. <laughs> it's just, you know, they, as soon as they say they're committed to the rebuild, the next day Leonard Fournette's gone from Jacksonville. Um, very surprised that he cleared waivers, honestly. But, you know, I'm yep. glad that he actually gets to pick a place because – I did not want him going to like Washington, which would be the exact same situation for him. Uh, for me, I'm just glad that he's actually going to a real football team now. He's get to choose where he's going. Um, you know, there are some great places for him to go to, but uh, I'm just glad that we'll actually, will hopefully be able to see his potential that he's shown. Uh, you know, coming into college and going into the NFL. Yeah, I mean, I feel like every episode we bring up the fact that the Jaguars are a perfect example of. You just don't have a lot of time in the NFL. You got to take advantage of those opportunities. You know, what a fall. Every first round pick I think they've had in the last six, seven years is no longer on the team. Um, you know, wow. Fournette's, you know, dispute with them was, you know, pretty well documented. And I think that ultimately mm-hmm. damaged any chance of them, you know, getting any compensation for him. We were just talking before the show that, you know, Kalen Balaj went for a conditional seventh round pick, right? And for Fournette, a guy who had seven. Yeah. <laughs> but goddamn Jets. Yeah. But, you know, still, Fournette had 1,700 total yards last year, 76 catches. You you can't get a seventh for him and it's in the last year of his rookie deal but it's only like four mil so you know he does clear waivers he gets to pick his team he's i think he's gonna the reason i think he didn't get picked up on waivers is i don't think he's getting a four mil and a one-year deal i think it's gonna be a one-year deal with wherever he goes mm-hmm. um but I, I am gonna be curious to see where he goes what do you guys think about the the jacksonville backfield now I'm all in on Divine Ozigbo. Uh, watched a little bit of tape. I'm sold. I'm there. I'm ready to go. Uh, Raquel Armstead, not ready to start the season. You know, they're saying Ozigbo is going to have a week one role. I think that you need to go out and get both of these guys wherever you can grab them realistically. You know, Leonard Fournette was a guy that's going in, you know, the second round. I think Ozigbo or Armstead should be kind of occupying maybe like the fifth to seventh rounds. Perspe- you know, mm. depending on how the draft is going, right? If you see running backs falling off the shelf and, you know, you've already grabbed your starting receiving crew and you need a flex and you need a running back, I think one of these guys is the answer. But I think both is the best play that you want to go forward with here is because you want to get, uh, you know, a good sh- a share of this backfield. Uh, we've got Chris Thompson there. We've got a dark horse in James Robinson, a rookie out of Illinois State. Shout out, Illinois State. Go Redbirds. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, like some of those options back there, we're, we were talking about Chris Thompson, you know, having a role still maybe gets a little bit more volume. What do you think back there, Nick? Who, who are you on? I'm on a, a Zigbo. Uh, I watched Nebraska a little bit because I was interested in how Scott Frost came back to his uh, alma mater. Mm-hmm. Um, he, you know, the team was very focused on the RPO and they were focused on Adrian Martinez, who was the quarterback there. So, 
Adrian was definitely doing the pitching and all that stuff and making the decisions on when a Zigbo got the ball. But man, when a Zigbo got the ball, he was he was going somewhere. I think Justin showed me his stats earlier. It was seven yards per touch. Is that right? Seven yards per carry. Yeah, yeah. Seven yards per carry. He had like 155 carries. Over a thousand rushing yards and twelve rushing touchdowns. This guy does not have a ton of miles on him. His legs are fresh and ready to roll. He had his biggest production at Nebraska last year with 155 carries, 139 carries or something like that the year before, mm. and then he just completely exploded. Two years ago, 3.8 yards per carry. Last year, seven yards per carry, and Nebraska would just not let him eat. For reference. Uh, Ozigbo had 155 carries. The the quarterback, the RPO quarterback, Martinez, uh, had about 140, 144. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That's yeah. ridiculous. Mm-hmm. They did not let that man eat. You know, he, you know, Nick instantly was like, "Well, how does he shape up to like Cam Akers?" And it's like, "Well, the volume's not there, but the the production per touch is yeah. booming. It's like double, uh, honestly. But it's booming. Cam Akers got fed at Florida State because honestly, he was the only Office. option for yeah. their offense. But you know, like I said, Adrian Martinez was making the decision when Zigbo got the ball. He should have been giving him the ball a lot more. Maybe Nebraska would have done better. You know, because they aren't really good. Um, but, you know, I'm really all, all in on Zigbo because he popped off the film to me, and he was the only person on the, on the Nebraska offense that actually did that for me. So I'm all in for him. Same thing. I, I'm going to be leaning towards Zigbo. He's actually a little bit bigger than Armstead. Uh, sorry, guys. We're waiting for breaking news potentially on Fortnite or Kamara any minute. So we got a bunch of tabs open. But, yeah, with um, a Zigbo, I think from what he's done in college, he's flashed that ability, right, to, to be a big play threat. So uh, I don't know if I'd take him quite that high, but I think uh, for me personally in your draft, just because this is another one of those things where I wish we had had preseason so you'd see how these guys look. But my hunt, yeah, at least something, right? Um, so I think Zigbo's the guy I'd probably lean towards right now. I'd say if you're drafting right now, your standard 12-team PPRs, I'd say maybe 9-10-ish round I'd feel comfortable just because of the uncertainty, you know. Like, you know he's going to get work, but, you know, how, how does it translate, how the offense translate. And I think Chris Thompson, you know, he's um, in around that same area, like the 10-11 to 11 round. He's going to get a lot of catches, I feel like, in that offense. Um, you know, they did sign Tyler Eifert at tight end, but he can't stay healthy. So I think he's, Chris Thompson is going to occupy that role where he's grabbing a lot of dump-offs so he could easily have a quiet little 50-catch season. Yeah, absolutely, especially with the, the poor offensive line that they have in mm-hmm. place there. I think Thompson definitely has a role, probably the most consistent, because he's just the third down back. I mean, yeah. uh, a Zigbo, you know, he's, he's got good size, he's got power, he's got speed. Um, I like the explosiveness uh, off the offensive line, you know, cutting through the holes and things like that. But he is a guy that I look at and I see, yeah, he's going to get taken off the field during third down. Uh, he did have 23 catches last year at Nebraska. Uh, was able to get a, a fair chunk of change on him. I think just a little bit over like 200 yards or so. So not terrible. Actually, it was like only 142. What am I saying? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it was, wasn't quite that high. Uh, but yeah, I'm really high on high on a Zigbo, mostly because Armstead, you know, I saw him last year and I just didn't, I didn't love much of it. Only 35 carries for 108 yards. They were planning on, you know, letting Fournette eat, right? So if that's kind of the mold of the offense and they need a guy that's going to come in and can be in every down back, the guy that has the most upside to do that, I think, is Ozigbo. Armstead, more of a you know goal line, maybe stealing those red zone touches uh, from, mm-hmm. from this group. And James Robinson's more of just a, a dark horse guy, a sleeper guy, you know, really kind of waiting in the wings for an injury. You know, one injury, I could see him uh, potentially, you know, leaping into this group and, and getting some touches. Uh, probably not going to be fantasy relevant necessarily, though. Uh, the one thing I do want to say about Chris Thompson is with Leonard Fournette leaving, it's not that he, 
Chris Thompson's now going to be getting some rushing attempts. This guy, I saw in Washington, he's not a three-down back, any mm-hmm. means of the imagination. No. He's very small. He's a scat back. He's going to be there for the long, you know, second downs and then also third downs. So, you know, his role does increase a little bit, but it's not like he's going to be eating into any carries for the rushing part of this offense. Exactly, exactly. So that's how I feel about the, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars backfield, you know, after Leonard Fournette leaving. Uh, just kind of closing it out. Where's where's Leo going? Where's where's he laying, Nick? Man, I I really hope he goes to the Bears. Um, okay, I think he would you know bring back the hard nosed rushing offense of the Chicago Bears. So I would love to see him there. Um, if he goes to the Patriots, it's just Bill doing Bill. You know, like yeah. the, the, my instant, my honestly instant reaction was here comes Bill Belichick from left field, just sweeping him up. Like mm-hmm. you know, I'm surprised he didn't get him on waivers, but you know his contract was something weird. So mm-hmm. um, I'm glad that he gets to choose, but either the Bears or the Patriots for me. Okay, what do you what do you think, Emma? Who's, where's your uh, best landing spot for Leo Fournette? So yeah, for me, I think the three that I would probably think are you know I think I've heard stuff about the Steelers, mm-hmm. possibly the Eagles, with mm-hmm. Sanders possibly being hurt, mm-hmm. and and then the Bears, right? Because mm-hmm. Montgomery being hurt and he's got a groin, and they don't really have a lot of running back depth. They have no depth. They have no depth at running back, and it just it just makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, Bears new uh, quarterback coach. John Filippo was Fournette's offensive coordinator last year, and Nick Foles was starting quarterback at the beginning of the year. So there's a little bit of familiarity. So, you know, Fournette's had his, you know, concerns about his character and, you know, how he is in the locker room. Those two guys would probably know him pretty well. And, you know, for what it's worth, Odd Shark, you know, as far as, you know, favorites to, to get Fournette as of yesterday, um, they had the Bears listed as a slight favorite over the Patriots. Other teams on there were the Bucks, the Redskins. I'm sorry, ugh. The Washington football team. WGF. And the uh, the Texans, because why not, right? Bill O'Brien needs to do something questionable. <laughs> and then they had lower down the list, the Steelers, the Seahawks, and the Falcons, Steelers. So, I mean, I think... Um, I think the Bears just make the most sense because the need's there, but I could I wouldn't be surprised if he decides to use this as an opportunity to play for a team where he can actually go to the playoffs. So, um, I think... Um, I'm thinking maybe the Bucks. Yeah, I guess I'm going to go with the Bears here. I don't, I don't really know who this guy is on Twitter, where it's coming from, but this guy says the Bears and Leonard Fournette are close to an agreement three hours ago. I don't know. He's only got 72 followers. How close are they? That's three <laughs> hours ago. Jeez. Yeah, jeez. I don't, I don't We're know. We're on SpongeBob time. I mean, uh, fantasy, I want to see him go to the Patriots. For my football sense and my fanhood, I want to see him go to the Bears. Uh, the Bears are hurting for running back right now. You know, We don't have to give up a draft pick to get him – Every, it's an ideal situation. The, the only thing that sucks for fantasy with this whole deal, if he goes to the Bears, is it's a three-headed Full monster. Full-blown committee. It's a three-headed monster, and if they stick to the this idea that Cordell Patterson is a running back, it's even, oh my God. I, I, you know, I, I wouldn't know what to expect for, for value each week. You know, if he's going up against a, uh, sorry, up against like a good defense, you yeah. know, is he not going to get used that week? You know, if they're going up against a solid rushing attack, you know, is Leonard Fournette going to get put away for, you know, Patterson and Cohen and, you know, even a little bit mix of Montgomery. I feel like the Patriots, it's just an open backfield back there. Yeah. You just take the job. Even if he comes in, it's the Patriots way. You got to earn everything. Yeah. You know, I'm seeing Bill Belichick saying Cam Newton's the hardest worker, you know, on, on the field right now. That's not something you probably would have thought he was saying, you know, a week ago. So, you know, the whole Patriot way thing, you know, I love it. It's a great culture piece. But at the end of the day, they still play their best players. Like, you know, Cam Newton's not going to sit. If Leo Fournette came in there, he'd be the number one guy. I know they would, you know, sell it like he's got to come in, earn the job, and do all this other stuff. But he would. Yeah, he, he would. And the pieces that they added, Lamar Miller, you know, so, uh, you know, Damien, Damien Harris, you know, uh, having Sony Michelle there already, not really knowing what they're going to get. I think Leo Fournette just locks that up. So, 
pretty so, simple for me. So your picks, the Patriots. Yeah, it, you know, one, two, pa- Patriots, Bears. Call yeah. know, one direction or the other. Just not Washington, please. No, I think if they wanted for him, his they, sake. they would have yeah, yeah, really claimed him. Yeah, for his for his sake. Well, yeah, they would have just grabbed him off of waivers. And you know what? Honestly, shame on them. Like you know, if you think Adrian Peterson is your guy, like for the future, like I don't I don't know what you're doing. Hey, you'll you say know? that. Sorry, man. I mean, they're ta- they're talking about okay. cut- they're talking about cutting Bryce Love. Like, I I don't get it. No, so, that doesn't make any sense. They, they Bryce Love is is a nice little running back. I just think yeah. that they're just trying to change everything about that whole place. And did you hear that the NFL is taking over the investigation of the Redskins? No, oh, good or for Washington. Them. Good Thank for you. Finally, someone outside the building. I don't want to digress too much into it, but finally, someone outside of the building is going to investigate. So hopefully, something comes out and Dan Snyder sell, sells the team. So that's all I want. I don't know. He'll probably just get suspended for eight games like Antonio Brown. <laughs> <laughs> but hashtag release the article. What the fuck? Um, all right, moving on. Next big thing. Obviously, we got to get to it. Alvin Kamara getting tossed on the trade block. Jeez. Team is throwing him under the bus. You referenced before we started that they offered him what? A, a four-year 50? Yeah, one of the reporters I follow, um, he mentioned that the, there's an the offer on the table from the Saints to Alvin Kamara. is four years 50 mil, which is respectable. A little bit higher than what uh, Joe Mixon got earlier today. Um, it'll lock him up in New Orleans and give him a lot of financial security. Uh, apparently, uh, Kamara's agent, as they should, right? Their job is to get their client the most money. They're trying to get him a higher deal. Saints Again, this is all that's coming on right now in the last few minutes is that the Saints thought, you know what, let's leak a trade story and bring that value back down. And it's a common theme in the NFL. It happens it all is. the time. It is. It, it does, unfortunately. Um, so it's a, tra- a situation we're monitoring closely because um, this is a very impactful um, player, right? This is a top four running back, not just in the NFL, but in fantasy. And a lot huge, of folks, huge um, fantasy implications. A of, exactly. A lot of people, including this guy, uh, drafted, um, you know, Kamara um, this over the weekend, thought he was secure. You know, Saints are a team competing for a Super Bowl, right? Uh, cont- one of the contenders in the NFC. So losing him would be really huge to them. So I don't see how that happens, but it just on the surface doesn't look good, right? They had no problem paying Taysom Hill, who doesn't have a position, 20 mil- $21 million. And, uh, he has many Many positions, oh, sir. Stop it. Many positions. Many positions. He's a football player. He plays special teams, sir. He literally catches a touchdown and then runs down the field and makes a tackle, sir. Put some respect on his name. I would much rather have allocated that money for Alvin Kamara. Well, they they shouldn't pay him that much money. Yeah, but um, I, I I don't know what you pay the the guy who's just like you know does everything like on the, like plays every position like who who has the value card for them exactly. But you know this is a this is really big news, so it's it's going to be worth monitoring, especially for those folks. You know, like if you're if you're if you have a draft coming up this weekend, which a lot of people probably do, it's the last weekend before the season starts. Thank God. Uh, oh. But but what, what do you do? Uh, what do you do, Justin? If I'm picking four and Kamara's on the board, why did you have to ask me when I have the fourth pick in a draft on Monday night? Actually, I have the fourth pick in two drafts on Monday night. Well, we're one, here to help, man. But one of them's a keeper league, and Kamara will be kept. But the other one, yes, just like you, I was locked in when I got the when I got the the draft order sent to me. I was I just pumped my fist, Alvin Kamara, baby, he's mine. Yep. <laughs> and then today. This morning, well, actually yesterday, we were like, oh, tomorrow's going to be crazy. Yep. We're going to have a, such a great show. We're going to talk about all this stuff. I'm like, something will happen tomorrow. Believe me. Oh, yeah. And then this happened. Like, why? Why do you have to put me between Alvin Kamara and Dalvin Cook now, like in my draft? Like, why do you have to do that? Guys that are both in contract issues at my fourth pick. I mean, I don't want to pull Mike Thomas into that spot, but I very well may have to. But, you know, what you were alluding to before we started is like, you know, this is potentially a smokescreen. You know, maybe we shouldn't be worried. Maybe they do get the deal done, and this is just, you know, the battle that takes place prior to signing. Yeah. <laughs> it's millions of dollars we're talking about. It's, you know, you got to do what you got to do. 
and I don't know how much they would actually get back for him right now if they traded him. What do you, what do you think, Nick? This is a big bummer. Um, you know, I you know was doing mock drafts, and you know when I did the randomizer, I would usually get around four or five, and I was always pumped to get Alvin Kamara, and now this stuff's happening, and it, it just seems like Michael Scott's doing the negotiations here, like he's just leaking stuff, and just it, it, it's a bummer because Michael Scott leaks. <laughs> yeah. but it, it just it's a big bummer because it just makes fantasy so much harder for you so like for me it's like man can you can i get the six pick or the seven pick it's not uh, a bad idea actually <laughs> no I, I see it all the time especially like in our in our little yahoo groups you know once the the league's getting set people are asking hey randomize the draft order hey you guys want to trade some draft picks who wants pick nine pick ten's like let me get it <laughs> like what are you guys doing you know like what the hell so i mean maybe that's the thing to do if you have the fourth pick and you know that was the spot you were just locked into kamara like me maybe you should be looking to move that pick and uh you know move back in your draft where you can get a piece where you're just comfortable drafting i don't know i actually don't recommend drafting out of the top five you should still always do that because yeah. there's always you know the Game chance changers. that the mouse in the house is a couple of picks ahead of you you, you never you never know when the guy ahead of you is like oh antonio brown Click. <laughs> you know who you should... Matt Barkley, click. If, if you get four at this point, um, you know, with Alvin Kamara and all that news, you should just get CEH. Just just go, just go oh, that route. Man. Just go there. Yeah, until Fournette gets signed by the Chiefs for like $2 million. Yeah, but, 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 but Fournette's going to be there well, in like the I, third, fourth I mean, round for you, so, what? you know, yeah. you, can, you can get the cuff. I could. I could. I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm not pulling CEH into my four spot, okay? I said uh, a little while back I was comfortable at the end of the first round. <laughs> I, I couldn't do it at five. I just couldn't. I just, you know, um, I mean, if you are if you are pressed to take a running back at in the top four, I mean, what would you do? Dalvin Cook's got issues, right? He's a talented running back. Would it be Henry or Mixon? Because Sanders is hurt, right? I'd rather mix him because he has that receiving ability. <sighs> Derrick Henry, Henry is the Ezekiel Elliott model where he's really just a rusher. <laughs> it's yeah. a damn shame. It's yeah. just really hard. I mean, obviously Kamara is going to be playing somewhere this year. I don't yeah. think this means he's sitting out. Do you, I mean, are you guys really stretching that far? Oh, no, no, no. Right. no. He, and he said, and, and also the other thing that came out for Kamara was that he had an epidural shot last Thursday, which mm-hmm. is why he hasn't been in practice. So it's a medical right. thing. And surprise, surprise, he mm-hmm. plans to be at practice tomorrow. Okay. All right. Well, there. You, well, there you go. I mean, so it's one of those things. It's like last week. You know, when we had the news of Dave Montgomery, I was running around. You know, mm-hmm. I would say I was pulling out my hair, but as you all know, I don't have a lot of hair. But um, you know, ten minutes later, we got the news: not a torn knee, not an ACL. It's a groin, which sucks. But it's Wasn't something that, he may not even miss games, right? Yeah, not, not the end of the world. Couple weeks, probably still. Yeah. So the Kamara thing, I just take it day by day. It looks like it's it just could just be like a negotiating ploy, hoping he gets signed. Because I mean, not just for fantasy purposes, but also for football purposes. I think he's just he's so essential to that offense. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that that's a different team when he's in there and he's healthy. It's just he's such a dynamic weapon. Yeah, absolutely. Looking at the pieces that are left there, if he is traded, I mean, and they don't get a running back, you know, return somehow. You know, you're looking at Latavius Murray and Ty Montgomery out of that backfield. Now, Latavius Murray is able able to put together a pretty uh, pretty few good productive weeks uh, last year uh, when Kamara was out. He, I think he missed like three or four games. Murray stepped in. He's a running back one. Like, he gave you that value mm-hmm. right away. So if Kamara does, for some reason, hold out, misses two to four weeks or whatever it is, you know, before it's time to report, before losing all of his money, then, you know, Murray, I think, is going to be a solid piece for you on the upfront. And yeah, you know, where I mentioned a Zigbo before, I'd say Murray's like in that same spot, um, especially in your drafts if people are being aggressive with the running back position, which I think they will be more so 
if the Dalvin Cook situation, the Alvin Kamara situation, even Leonard Fournette situation yeah. is not handled by your draft. Because you're talking about three running backs in the top two rounds, and we've been telling you that running backs are dominating 70% of the shares and picks for the top two rounds. This has huge repercussions on your draft. Yeah, you know, and, and so every every hour is value to, uh, is value to you before your draft. I'm almost thinking about postponing our draft. Shit, we got ours this Friday. Yep, I'm scared as hell. I want it's the 12th just, pick. Yeah, <laughs> like, it, it, it is it is scary because it's just you know, especially if you've just drafted. And one of our philosophies, I think we discussed in a previous episode, is if you are lucky to pick in the top four, the top five, and you go with a bell cow running back, you have to. It's just like if you buy a nice car, a nice TV, you have to get insurance. insurance. You have to do it. Yep. You get Zeke, you get Tony Pollard. You get Kamara, you have to do Murray. It might seem like a wasted pick, but whether it's injury or something like this, you know, if Kamara gets traded to another team and you still have Murray, guess what? You now have two running backs that could be top 12, top 15. Exactly. Right? Or if Kamara were to get hurt during the season, you, you have a plug and play. So it's, you know, if you've already drafted um, – you know, hopefully you took Murray and took our advice because you have to lock up these running backs if something happens. Yeah, absolutely. So really quick to close this out, Nick, I'm going to throw this one to you. Alvin Kamara, if he is traded, I'm going to I'm throw you a couple of names here for teams that have like the most cap for next year. Okay. All right. The Colts, the Vikings, Jaguars, Patriots, Jets, WTF, Washington football team. <laughs> Where do you think he could go in that mix? Not, and this is strictly, guys, just top cap candidates people that have money and i think a lot of these teams can use running backs go ahead my favorite spot out of those groups is the colts the offensive line man alvin kamara behind that offensive line would be nasty it would bring back like edron james like um the one place i think he might go uh i think he might you know the vikings their window is closing um they're really invested um in their defense a little bit. Um, I, I, the Vikings seems like a good spot. Um, if they, they don't get Cook. If they, if they don't sign Cook. Yeah. yeah, if they don't sign Cook, that's where I see him going. Um, wouldn't want him to go to the Jets. Patriots, they're probably going to sc- scoop up Leo. And Jaguars, that would be weird that they release Leo and sign Kamara. So, um, and I don't like anybody going to Washington because that's where careers go to die. Because so. why? Yeah, because why? Cause why would you want to go there? Right. Um but yeah, Col- Colts, Vikings, those are definitely the two spots where I, I would like for him to go to. All right, same thing for you, Emron. Where you, where you got him? So of those teams you're looking at, right, it's really tough, man. <laughs> it, it's really tough. If you look at the Vikings, the Vikings would make sense. That assumes Cook's gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think he's a more dynamic player than Cook, and he, he's proven to be a little more reliable. Colts, I just I don't know how I feel about you know Philip Rivers aging up there, and they already have Jonathan Taylor invested. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Jaguars thing is pretty interesting. They're going to have a ton of cap. They got no real running back unless uh, Ozigbo takes off, like we were talking about. I mean, if not, if none of those guys in that group take off, and Kamara's a free and agent, I guess, I guess the other thing that's caused me to think is while you guys were talking, I was um, you know looking at over the cap and just browsing around other teams. Mm-hmm. We were talking about this before the show too. Is that usually every year the NFL cap goes up by a few million? Yeah. Due to COVID and all the money that's going to be lost, it's going to go down, and it may go down significantly. So, it's true. So the cap situation may change, and certain teams may be screwed. Like I remember reading about the Saints. Mm-hmm. I think as of now, like for next year, assuming nothing changed, it could be like thirty million over the cap or something like that. So it's really hard to see, and um, I think. I don't want to skip ahead if it's okay with you guys, but if if he doesn't get signed to a long term deal and he hits free agency, mm-hmm. that free free agency running that class is gonna be uh, it's gonna be loaded. Oh yeah, 
we were, we were just getting to that. Yeah. So that whole class, we're gonna we're gonna run through it here. It was was our like our next big point of why these guys are available, why they're gonna be options. So why would the Jaguars give up Leonard Fournette? Why would the Saints be so comfortable, you know, putting Alvin Kamara on the trade block literally a week and a half before the the season starts or whatever, eight eight days? Yep. Um, all these running backs: Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, Alvin Kamara, Philip Lindsay, Marlon Mack, Kenyon Drake, Todd Gurley, James Conner, Kareem Hunt. Tariq Cohen, shout out the Bears. Chris Carson, all these guys are going to be available. You know, wow, that's a lot of talent. So you ne- you don't necessarily, as a team or a club, you don't need to be first to the action. And if you're a player, I don't know, you don't necessarily want to be the first player signed either because you want these other running backs to get paid so that you can you know compare your production to them. Kamara and Cook are, in my opinion, you know, they're tiers ahead of these other guys. I think Aaron Jones is close. Look, you- he's probably the closest. Probably because actually no, I think honestly I think Hunt's the closest. I was I was, I was, I was actually gonna. I was there's just so there. many of them. I forgot you said Cream Hunt. Yeah, Cream Hunt. I mean, it, it really depends on the situation. Right? Yeah, like if Chris Carson was in Tennessee, I think he would do great. Oh, I think he'd eat right. Like it, there's systems all over the places where you move a guy around and they become a superstar. Cream Hunt went from Kansas City, you know, as a lead dog rookie, led the league in rushing. Then he had to take the number two spot for you know bad behavior, just being a bad person. Yeah, do better, Cream Hunt. You know. But yeah, you're right. No, Kareem Hunt could absolutely. He goes somewhere. He's a lead dog, getting the full volume, 300 touches. He could lead this league in rushing again. Easily. Oh yeah, absolutely. E- easily. So you need. It has to be the right spot. But if you're a team like the Saints or the or the Jags, all these guys are going to be available next year. And I still think you know Cook, Kamara, they're the they're the top ones. If if you're one of these teams like you know the Jags that are literally literally going to be in the dumps, the Jets, WTF, Washington Football Team. You know, those three are going to be the worst three teams this year, right? Yeah, absolutely. So you're talking potential top three pick, potentially, you know, Trevor Lawrence on one of those teams, and one of these running backs. You can completely flip the script, you know, for any of those teams. The Jets, Trevor Lawrence, and Alvin Kamara. So one of the things I want... guys can mess it up. Yeah, yeah you're right. So, yeah. One, <laughs> yeah, so one thing I was going to add is, like, it's an interesting take. Like, you mentioned those teams, right? Mm-hmm. The Jaguars, Jets, and the... Uh, the Washington team mm-hmm. is they because uh, this came up on a piece uh, piece I was reading on Twitter about mm-hmm. Fournette. You know, as we all know, it's no secret Justin and I are Bears fans, so we get a lot of flack for the 2017 draft and a certain quarterback going going before the other quarterback. Not saying names. We'll, we'll, we'll be okay. But, <laughs> but another piece was saying that actually worse than that pick because Trubisky, wrong or right, was rated as the highest quarterback by many. Was the Jags the reason they didn't take Watson or Mahomes oh is because they believed in Bortles and. You you know, and, that, and that's what they're. The reason I thought about that is when you talked about these teams, like the Jets took Tarnold in the top mm-hmm. t- five not too long ago. Yeah, the the Washington team took uh, Haskins, not quite as high, but you know, top half of the first round, 12, 13. Yeah, and Minshew, 10. even though he was a fifth round pick, he's mm-hmm. a young quarterback that's going good. So these teams, they may re- just they might just hit reset and say, you know, because this is going to be a pretty loaded quarterback the, class. The Jets hit reset button last week. They like sh- again I, this morning, yeah, yeah. Like what the hell? So I mean, that may not be a bad idea because you get that young quarterback and you get you have the space to sign a running back like this. Like having Kamara in the backfield for a young quarterback. Oh my god. Yeah, I just don't know if he wants to be in that situation, right? Like I don't know. You know, we don't know the the complexities between Kamara and Hill. You know, obviously Breeze and him, they they've been doing real well together. Yeah, they've they've, they've been doing good. So you know, there, there's a connection there. You know, if he does go to these other teams, you know. You're gonna have a less experienced quarterback at the helm, no matter what. 
whether you know it's Minshew, it's Darnold, it's Haskins, if you don't get a quarterback. But I have to imagine each of, each of those teams is going to be adding a quarterback, you know, or not each of them, but one of them will. One of them At least will, one. When, one of them is going to land the Trevor Lawrence uh, sweepstakes. And I, I mean, if I want to see Minshew succeed, I really don't care about Haskins or Darnold. To be perfectly honest with you. Yep. Minshew, the personality and all that's just a lot of fun. Haskins and Darnold, man, they just bored me the past two years. So, and, and someone was telling, oh, I was reading, I listened to one of uh, about podcasts. They were saying that uh, Minshew's going to basically pull a Fitzpatrick, where just because of the way he plays, he's going to will them to a few games. Mm-hmm. So they're probably not going to have the first pick in the draft because he just does has that like I won't quit attitude. Yeah. So I think they're going to pick in top three. But uh, yeah, it's just I think the other thing that's going to happen, similar to what we saw in this year's free agency, where there were so many quarterbacks available, which is why Cam signed in July for a million dollars right not you know if, if he was the only quarterback available i think he would have gone for a lot higher mm-hmm. but that's the other thing with these guys is like you know and his running back positions already devalued and there's so many of them free agency it's gonna really suck so i don't fault kamara for trying to get paid now the, the, the one thing uh i saw on facebook it said that uh cmc mm-hmm. makes 16 million dollars mm-hmm. uh alvin kamara wants you know cmc money which and they can't were, have it sir yeah so you don't think he's worth that money no, CMC is doing something completely different. They're asking him to be literally to hold thirty percent of the t- entire volume of the offense. That's what CMC is asked to, to, to do. Kamara, he gets a, a good amount of volume, but you know, and and he is rightfully the identity of that offense, right? Like it's going to move through him. But when you have a guy like Latavius Murray back there that shows up the weeks that you're not working and can do the same things that you do, CMC doesn't have that guy behind him, That's and true. the team doesn't have that guy behind him. You know, the the Saints have. Mike Thomas to fall back on, you know. They have now Manny Sanders. They have Jared Cook. They have other Taysom weapons. Hill. Taysom Hill. He's <laughs> eight. he's a threat anywhere on the field, folks. Quarterback, wide receiver, linebacker. I don't care. Hunter, kicker, don't matter. So one of the other maybe things, he can't kick. We'll so, he's, he's a baller. He's human. So one other thing I was reading about Kamara was that the reports are he just wants a fair contract. He's not seeking to be the highest paid running back. Yeah. He's not asking for CMC money. And I think this goes back to that first thing you were talking about, where it's a negotiating ploy to try to make him look like the bad guy. If they're trying to make him look like the bad guy and he doesn't play ball with them, oh god, yeah. this is so confusing. I'm not a lawyer. Yeah, it's it 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 makes you really scratch your head. Like, what the hell is going on? Drew Rosenhaus, please do better and get this contract signed. Stop trying to get that extra like two percent, please. Just get them signed so we can play fantasy. Hashtag get them signed, guys. Uh, smash the like button, share the video. Uh, While well, you guys got a second here, uh, we're gonna transition. I know that was a lot that we just came out with yep. with uh, Fournette and Kamara, but it's a big deal. We got to get it out there, get our thoughts out. Uh, we both, we all like Murray. You know, if, if Kamara isn't gonna be there, so definitely be looking to target him at the you know mid rounds. You know, if if Kamara and the news is out there that uh, he's not gonna be there, you know, week one. You know, you follow this, guys. Don't don't uh, don't don't let it slip. And uh, go grab a uh, Divino Zigbo. You already did it. Yep. Yep, go go grab him. So you know who's who is going to be there for week one? Tyler Boyd in Cincinnati. <laughs> I really like this guy. He's yeah. uh, you know, with AJ Green being hurt, um, I looked really deep into his injuries, and it was originally he tore his hamstring, but then he played like two years, and then mm-hmm. he got a turf toe, then he got um a high ankle sprain, which kicked him out for the rest of the season, and that's what he's been struggling with getting trying to get back. Um, basically his body compensated mm-hmm. and I, even if he comes back healthy, I don't care because Tyler Boyd is now the man in Cincinnati. I see him having more of an, uh, Justin Jefferson, even if he has a Jamar chase LSU season, uh, like they did last year with Joe Burrow, 
he's going to have wide receiver one production. He's getting taken in the fifth and seventh round. Um, I see that as value because AJ Green is getting picked. What two picks right behind him or in front of him? Yep. It's it's people. It's a toss up right now in the draft mock room. But um, for me, it's not a toss up. I kind of looked really deep into like um, what when you try and. Comp- uh, project you try and look at like oh man is there gonna be more volume or what well, what is actually gonna be better with Cincinnati I, I'm, I'm looking at the quarterback Joe Burrow's coming in he's a Heisman Trophy winner they had Andy Dalton who was on his way out so I kind of just did it this way last year uh, Andy Dalton had a forgettable year with 59.5 percent completion percentage throwing the ball 528 times that's a lot of volume 528 times um, and I don't think he started every single game but nope. um you know that's that's a lot of passing volume. If um if uh, uh Joe Burrow keep, keeps the same completion percentage as Kyler Murray, which is sixty four point four, that's about thirty six more touches to go around. If Tyler Boyd gets twelve um touches, like a third of that, twelve touches, um he's looking at a hundred reception year, a thousand yards. The only thing I'm worried about is the touchdowns, but you know Cincinnati is going to be a lot of garbage time, so. You know, that's kind of the one thing. But he's going to be giving wide receiver one production. I just see Tyler Boyd benefiting most from this new era coming in. And I think he's going to be the receiver ushering in this new era. I I see Jamar Chase, uh, Justin Jefferson, LSU seasons for him this year, no doubt. Yeah, Tyler Boyd's a, a quiet, sneaky piece for you in fantasy. This is a guy that's been averaging, you know, five catches a game. Five catches a game, I'm sorry, the past two seasons. Uh, he's received over a thousand yards uh, the past two seasons in the air. Uh, Ninety catches last year, seventy-six catches the year before that. Um, last year, AJ Green played nine games, and the year before that, he did get in a full sixteen. So I'm not sure. AJ- Actually, AJ Green didn't play last year. He oh. didn't play last year. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, he had nine games, yeah. and yeah, then he played like four. So the the season before that was nine games, mm-hmm. and so it's been three seasons removed since he played a full 16 games. Yep. Um, either way, you know, even if I had him playing nine games last year, I'm not high on this guy. He's not someone that I'm looking to draft yep. in the mid-rounds. You know, he's a very risky play. And I can understand actually drafting him. There, I see some value there, but it's all risk. Drafting A.J. Green is 100% all risk, right? Nine games uh, two seasons ago, no games last year. He's already banged up this camp. I'm putting the over-under on games played this season at five and a half. I mean, and that's actually the team win total. So pretty pretty close for me between the two as far as talent-wise is it like if they're both there, Tyler Boyd and A.J. Green, and I think that's why you do see them both go in the same round. In the last mock draft that we saw, we saw A.J. Green go second pick of round six, Tyler Boyd pick four of round six, going right after him. So another situation similar to like our Tyler Lockett, yep. uh, D.K. Metcalf talk, yep. you see one go, the other one's going to follow, right? <laughs> I don't actually see people taking Tyler Boyd over A.J. Green, but it seems like you know you guys would probably be comfortable doing that in your draft. If it's round seven and A.J. Green hasn't gone yet, are you going to wait for him to get drafted? Or are you like, hey, I need to grab Boyd here before you know someone gets Green and then, you know, Boyd goes a couple picks later. Once I get to round five, I'm gonna be looking for him because okay. uh, w- I I can't I can't depend on someone else making a mistake. Like mm-hmm. you know, three one through four, I'm I'm not gonna be taking him because I'm gonna be filling my lineup out with more elite players. But Tyler Boyd is gonna be a great constellation pick in rounds five through seven. So um, once it's five, you know, start reading the board and stuff. But don't. Don't wait for AJ Green to be drafted before he is, because that's just someone that's just 
not reading the room, you know, not understanding what AJ Green's been going through. Even his like recovery videos, he's been looking really tentative with that ankle, and I just don't see the same explosiveness. Like, I, do, do I believe that he's probably still one of the best pass catchers in the league? Absolutely, but I don't think he has the same speed as he did. Yeah, yeah. So for AJ Green, he's someone I used to love in fantasy. He's just so reliable, big play threat. His career average for receptions is almost 15 yards per catch. So anytime he's getting the ball, you know it's a big play. Um, you know, if I'm sitting there in round five, six, uh, depending on who's on the board, I, I feel comfortable taking Tyler Boyd. But, you know, one of my big things uh, when it comes to fantasy, when you're looking at two players, is you always look at for trends. Trends usually never lie to you. Last three years, you know, for Boyd, his catches, his targets, and his yards have all gone up. For AJ Green, they've not gone that same direction. And AJ Green, if somebody takes him early, you know, they're just, it's one of those things where you're drafting for a name. You know, it's just a mm -hmm. name they recognize. They're like, okay, yeah, he was good once upon a time. It's just, I hope he proves us wrong this year and comes out healthy. I'd love to see him. He was a fun player to watch, but. I can't take that risk, you know, and, and draft him unless it's like round. Um, the one of the reasons I won't have him on my team, I, would, I wouldn't feel comfortable taking him until around 10, 11. He's not yeah, going to last that long. He's not going to last that long. I know that. So he's not going to be on any of my teams. Tyler Boyd, mm -hmm. I'd love it. He's been a very productive player. He got rewarded with a nice contract back in July mm -hmm. by the Bengals, a player they've developed pretty well um, for the last four years. So uh, I'm taking Boyd. The production's there. He's got. They're going to have much better quarterback play this year. Um, and also, if Green plays, uh, you know, plays this year, plays, you know, eight, ten games, that's better for Boyd. Yeah, you know, he's not going to get double teamed. That's not a bad thing. I, yeah, I, absolutely, I agree. The, the way I see Tyler Boyd is he had gr he had ninety receptions for a thousand forty six yards and five touchdowns on the worst team in the NFL. Okay, and they Garbage the one the, the one well also the mm -hmm. one posi position that he's extremely dependent on the quarterback. They went and got a first round pick, a Heisman Trophy winner, and Joe Burrow, and I he's a that. pocket passer. Like you, basically, last year was the floor for him. Basically, for what I see, if there's any improvement at the uh, quarterback position, geez, I hope there is because you know Cincinnati history is pretty bad. You know, Achilles Smith. Um, you know, they got lucky with Carson Palmer. They got eh, somewhat lucky with Dalton, but, you know, flamed out pretty quickly. But last year was the floor for him. If there's any kind of improvement, which I do think there is, I was only talking about a 5% increase in completions uh, for that information. Mm -hmm. Five percent, like I, I see more over than that. Over hundred catches. I see, yeah, I see more than that with Joe Burrow because I was looking at Kyler Murray, who's a different type of player. He's going to be more, you know, running the ball sometimes. But Joe Burrow's going to be sitting in the pocket, slinging that ball, and I just see Tyler Boyd being his number one target. Yeah, absolutely. Joe Burrow just seems like a guy that can come in and throw strikes, you know, on on every play. So I like Tyler Boyd's value this year. I do, you know, want AJ Green in that lineup because I, it will help, mm -hmm. you know, increase Tyler Boyd's value every week. But I don't. I just don't see AJ, AJ Green making it. It's a contract year. If he gets any sort of inclination of injury, he's just gonna he's just gonna take a knee on the season. Like you know, and I don't know why he wouldn't if if he still wants to play in the NFL. If he wants a contract next year, you know, he's he's gonna have to really play it safe. Uh, any type of injuries that come along, he's re he, he needs to nurse them. I mean, I, I don't I don't know where he's going with this. He's gonna be 31 this year. Already hurt this camp. Uh, they're going in, going in the same round. You know, a couple of picks after AJ Green. I don't know if I necessarily love that, but I don't hate it. You know, in that one, you know, that person took three running backs and then took four wide receivers into round seven, and Tyler Boyd was their third wide receiver. I think your third wide receiver, fourth wide receiver, 
in general on your fantasy team, I think that's a good spot for Tyler Boyd. Mm-hmm. And another thing I've been reading a lot about for AJ Green, he's come up as a candidate for teams because he's playing on that. Uh, I think playing on a one-year deal right now. Mm-hmm. Is that he could be a player that gets the tra- tag? They're the, the playing on the tag, right? Yeah. He's uh, he could be a player that gets traded at the trade deadline if the Bengals. Yeah, yeah, the Bengals. If, if he stays healthy and he's somewhat productive, the Bengals. You know, as much as I like Joe Burrow, I don't think they're going to be ready to compete here this year. They're, I think they're going to be an up and right upcoming team. Mm-hmm. I think that offense is going to be a little bit better. They're going to be a good young team to watch. They're not going to be competing for the playoffs. So, if you're you're a team, you know, buying for the playoffs, and you need another weapon, like somebody like the Packers, maybe for example. They want—I I don't want that to happen. Yeah, God I don't no. Want that to happen. But uh, I mean, if you if you're if you're willing to give up maybe a, a third or a fourth, you know, for eight ten games of AJ Green and possibly the playoffs, and add to your offense. If I'm Cincy, I take that. So I wouldn't be surprised if something that like that could happen too. Well, if you're a Cincy, of course you do that. But what team goes out there and does that? I mean, we're talking about us as fantasy owners not drafting him in the fifth round. Well, this is what the assumption he stays healthy. Look, yeah. we're, obviously, if he's hurt, he's like not he, going to happen. He shows it. But if he's but, playing in full five, six games and he's productive. Yeah, but the last the last season that he played, he played nine games. He made it to the halfway point. That's, you, know, you know what I mean? Like He made it to the halfway point. You flip him, man. What, <laughs> what do I always say? <laughs> you flip him. Flip them when they're high. Oh, that's great. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would love to see A.J. Green find a new home, not the Packers. They can eat up all of Curtis Samuel. Th- please and thank you. Um, you know, yeah, A.J. Green, if he, you know, landed, you know, somewhere like uh, like the Patriots or, you know, e- even our Bears, we could use a receiver. We, yeah. we, we, we could use another downfield threat. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, writing home about Ted Ginn Jr. yet, you know. No. You know. So, yeah, he could definitely be on the move at the, at the break there, at the midway point. If he is producing, you know, he is on the tag. So I, I, I love that. I, I, you know, we could see a lot of value in making a move like that. Um, how do you want to close it out, Nick, with the, with this uh, AJ Green Boyd? Just don't get trapped in the, in the names, man. Like you, you're, you're, don't pay for someone's football card. You got to mm-hmm. look at how the NFL is evolving. Understand that injuries are a very big part of it. There are some players here that we've talked about that are injury prone, but not like AJ Green. Like they didn't miss a year, like mm-hmm. um, a full year, you know. Um, so I just uh, Tyler Boyd. He's just in line. He's just that guy. He's the dog in that room. Just be be smart with it and just keep it simple and just. Take Tyler Boyd, AJ Green. It, it's past his time. Yeah, don't reach for the name on the back of the jersey. Uh, you know, you're drafting for a, you know, your draft grade. If if you're plugging in uh, AJ Green that yeah. early, if you can get him at value, great. You know, if he's your third or fourth receiver, then you did a great job. I mean, if AJ Green is your third starting receiver, that's not a bad thing, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you can pull that off, pull the trigger on it. But where he's going and where he's getting drafted, uh, it, it's just it's just not going to happen. Okay. So we're gonna, so to close down the show, uh, we're going to be just touching on some of our season-long props that we're going to be covering. Uh, we're going to be doing props with each other uh, all season long. Each of us have uh, one prop with each other times two. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have, to, well, actually we have two props with each other, I should say. Uh, so I have one with Nick, one with Emron times two, them with each other times two. And then we each have one together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to introduce you to the one that we have together tonight. We're going to be doing a polar plunge prop. Uh, so the two losers or the two uh, lowest totals will be jumping in the water and the third guy is going to film. Uh, so the prop is uh, receiving uh, touchdowns. We each got our dog. Who's yours, Nick? DeAndre Newcopkins. Emron? I've been hyping him up all, uh, all episodes, man. Bombs away to Kenny Galladay. And I got Mike Thomas. So whoever is the leader of those three will be filming, and the two lowest receiving touchdown totals are going to be in the water, um, you know, crying for their moms. I don't know. Um, we'll do it for, like, a charity of some kind. If you guys want to, like, plug any in, any that you want to recommend that we should be uh, bringing to the foref- forefront, uh, please let us know. Mm-hmm. We'll probably get, like, you know, a good group of picks and then, you know, just 
pick the best one or, I don't know, draw, mm -hmm. draw it out of a hat. Something that means something to us most likely. But, um, yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun with it, uh, do some more social media stuff. Uh, the other props include, you know, re receiving yards, this guy having more points than this guy, uh, touchdown totals, rushing totals. Uh, some of the other props include, you know, getting my head shaved. <laughs> sacrificing my beard. Sacrificing Nick's beard. I think I have to get a grocery cart at, at, at a local grocery store. In the no, Christian I don't think Co we got that one in. No, we got that one. No, in. we didn't get that one. It was a sign. The sign. Yeah. A busy intersection. Yeah. I get to determine what is that. So me and Emron have one where the loser has to hold up a sign in a busy intersection. We don't get to know what's written on it. Nick's uh, actually going to write it. Yeah, Nick. Nick gets. Nick gets to be the third party on that one. Exciting. We did have one where Superman, uh, or not Superman, but any superhero has to go uh, grocery shopping. That so, would be funny. Yeah, maybe maybe if we're lucky, we'll get. a... I actually wouldn't mind losing that. Yeah, you want, what would you go as? Ooh, well, if, it's up to, if it's up to me, uh, uh, if I had the choice to pick the costume, I'd pick Spider-Man. Right, well, we're definitely you. not picking Spider-Man. If it's up to you, if it's, it's going to be up to you if I lose, it's probably going to be Wonder Woman. <laughs> no, we're not. We're not, we're not doing that. <laughs> nah, old school Aquaman. Old school Aquaman. Hashtag Big Bang Theory for sure. <laughs> All right. All right, guys, this was TITTH number 39. Thank you for stopping by. Thank you for riding with us. We are getting super pumped for the start of this season. Uh, smash the like button, share the video. We will see you guys next time. What do you guys got? Thank you guys for watching. I really do appreciate it, all the support that we've been getting. Uh, you know, getting Twitter followers. Shout out to all my Twitter followers. Appreciate it. Follow us all. We all follow back. Um, and, yeah, see you next time, guys. Yep, guys, you guys keep seeing me point to my uh, jersey I'm wearing. Shout out Rex Grossman. Cost a Super Bowl. But we're, uh, by the time you guys see this, we're only going to be eight days away from the kickoff game of the <sighs> Chiefs versus the Texans. Three more months Holy left. hell, I cannot believe it's almost here. We're in single digits right now, guys. We're, we're almost there. We did this. I'm getting giddy just thinking about it. <gasps> Other than that fourth pick in Alvin Kamara. I just want it all to be settled, please. <sighs> Alright, guys. TITTH number 39. Thanks for coming by. We'll see you next time. Take care. See, see you, you guys. Later, guys.